0: clap your hands and stomp your feet. Yeah! It's going to be one big party. Yeah, I'm on. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson.
1: Previous episodes of The Rundown on the go. The Rundown with Desmond Johnson now available on all major podcast formats, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Simply search The Rundown with Desmond Johnson, download it to your phone or your tablet, and enjoy goodness, sports goodness from the Sports Hub. Let's, uh, I want to talk a little Major League Baseball. I know we normally don't here on The Rundown, um, but. I got I got stuck in a YouTube wormhole uh, so to speak, just scrolling through watching little I watch undisputed and first take like the clips and stuff they put out uh, usually when I get home. And somehow some way I got stuck uh, watching this documentary on Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa back in 1998. Uh, this epic home run chase that ended with Mark McGuire winning with 70 home runs. Sammy Sosa finished with 66. Both of them broke the Yankee slugger Roger Maris' long-standing record of 61, and I want to get some uh, phone calls on this 336 777 1600. The number to call. Uh, your memories of the 1998 home run chase and and just what was the feeling there? Because it made me remember it was really the last time that I was checking into baseball throughout the regular season. Like I mean, it was like an event to watch a St. Louis Cardinals game or Cubs game. Once we got to about June. Because it felt like every single time Mark McGuire came up to the plate, there was a chance you were going to watch a ball go 600 feet or something. And for the most part, he didn't disappoint, which is crazy because he started off hot from April all the way on. And he, him and Ken Griffey Jr. kind of flirted with the record the year prior. Uh, I think McGuire had like 57 or 58. Griffey had like 56 or 57. And Ken Griffey Jr., who was probably my favorite baseball player of all time, was in this race he ended up becoming I think a distant third he trailed off towards the end and and Sammy came in there but uh just starting off with you guys Haskell and Rod in the house with me this morning what do you guys remember from this this 1998 season like what are some of the the, the things that you remember the most about how baseball really kind of took over the country for like a for that summer it was like the number one sport the number one issue all the newspapers had this stuff plastered all over it every day. Like it, it drove sports for about five or six months. And it's something we don't really talk about now because everyone assumes McGuire and Sosa were on performance enhancing drugs for it. But at the time, honestly, we didn't care,
0: <laughs> did we? Did no, we care? I mean, at that particular time, I know I didn't care. I, didn't I care. mean, that's one of the big thoughts that comes back to mind when you're talking about that time of the year. It was when enhance, performance enhancement drugs were great. You know, it was like they made baseball. But during that time, I was doing a little bit of traveling and, uh, you know, going up to New York and things like that. And I remember sometimes being held up in traffic and it was like the toll booth operators would be asking the cars, hey, what's going on? Uh, Did Sammy Sosa knock one? Is he catching up with Mark McGuire? You know, I mean, that's how it was your friends who you talk to on the phone. And I think at, during that time, I may have still been using like a payphone or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I don't, remember, <laughs> I don't remember cell phones being that I think popular. we had pagers and stuff. Yeah, you, you know I mean, It was 1998. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you'd, call, you know, you'd call somebody and that would be more of the conversation. Hey, what's going on? You get in a taxi cab in New York and the taxi cab driver's like, hey, Sammy Sosa, he's going to catch Mark McGuire. And then, you know, if you're riding with someone, no, Mark McGuire's going to do it. It's crazy. He's going to take it out. I mean, That was the talk that summer. I do remember that, and it was really weird because it was like, we don't really talk baseball like that, but right now, you know, history was being made, and at that particular time, we didn't even know it. Haskell,
2: I'd say the two things I remember the most about that, honestly, are more probably human interest stories than the numbers, but um, I certainly remember just watching the the ticker tape at the bottom of ESPN religiously, but one, uh, Mark McGuire and his relationship with his son – just being in the dugout for all the home runs and these you know, huge hugs and father-son moments that are great. Um, but probably more than that was how cordial Sammy and Mark were to each other during the whole chase. Um, I felt like that was really something that we don't see in sports as much, especially for people competing for one of the most prolific records in sports history. Yeah. But it really seemed like there were two guys who were just root at, at one point in the season, probably August or maybe early September, uh, you knew that the, the record was going down. Well, actually August, I guess, is when you knew the, the record was going to be broken. And these are guys that were having press conferences with each other. They played each other a couple times in the season, and they were just national broadcasts that everybody was tuning into. Um, so I, I thought it was just, um, it was a phenomenal time for baseball.
1: You know, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, my first thought, I I think of them interviewing Mark McGuire in the locker room throughout that season. And he, you know, Mark McGuire is a great guy, you know, very pleasant. He he was enjoying the ride. Uh, him, he kind of took Sammy under his wing. They both kind of, it's almost like Sammy kind of was his spotter. Like he pushed him to get to 70. Like if he didn't have Sammy hitting at the same pace, he might not have got to 70, but the thing that I remember the most is that every time you would see Mark McGuire in the locker room talking in front of his locker, there was this big, huge white tub of something <laughs> behind him on the shelf. And it was uh how do I pronounce this? Androsting <laughs> or something or other. It basically it built muscle mass. <laughs> Everybody knew what it was. It was a huge bottle of pills in plain sight. Uh no one understood the side effects, but like again, nobody cared. And it wasn't but it, was it wasn't it wasn't illegal, right? It wasn't illegal, but it is now. But back then it wasn't. And for the most part, I mean, he was willing to take something that made him stronger. And he uh it, nobody cared because everyone, like they say, chicks dig the long ball. Everybody loved the home runs. And th- my man was throwing like five hundred and fifty foot like dingers like out there. And then uh and then you had Sammy with like every time he had a home run, he did a little Sammy hop at the home plate right. when he'd take mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. running. Yeah, like I mean, you know, like it's all these like iconic images. Of what was going on there, and I, I don't know. I just I watched this whole thing, and I was just like, "Man, my first question was, should Mark McGuire and or Sammy Sosa be in the Hall of Fame?"
2: My answer to that is no, um, and for I either know, one. Yeah, for either one. I think anybody that's associated with performance enhancing drugs needs to stay out of the Hall. I'm probably extremely old fashioned in that sense. Um, and I've even heard some more progressive folks like Bob Costas, et cetera, say that we just kind of need to get over it. Uh, but the Hall of Fame for baseball, I feel like for true baseball fans, is something that both the writers and the fans who have watched a lot of games hold very, very sacred. Um, and I think once you start letting some of those guys in there that have been associated with it, it, it kind of takes away from some of the other guys. And so for me – um, I think they were great baseball players. I certainly couldn't hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, so I get that whole argument of, well, you can take drugs, but you still have to be able to hit a curveball. Uh, and, and I get that argument. Um, these guys were certainly great hitters. Like McGuire, for instance, You know, part of that documentary was that he hit 49 as his rookie year in 87, Right. and he wasn't on those, any performance enhancing those drugs. those Popeye then. forearms he had mm, going on. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, he looked like he weighed 6'5", you 6'6", know, <laughs> six, six, yeah. and if he weighed 200 pounds, I would be shocked.
1: The, um, let, let me get uh, Matt on the line from Greensboro. He wants to chime in on uh, Mark McGuire here. Matt, you're on the line with the rundown. What's up, dude?
3: Hey, guys. Uh, Dez, yeah, I'm with you as far as feeling that excitement for at least regular season. So That's probably the last time I was just, you know, got to watch every game, especially as they got closer to the record. You had to tune in. You had to see the you know the record tying and the record-breaking uh Home runs from from McGuire. At least uh, I watched. I think you know. I think Fox picked up like all the national broadcast to every one of those games, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it was something else. And I, correct me if I'm wrong. The one it was the one that tied it or that broke the record it wasn't even a big bomb. It was like a line drive down the down the line that just barely, you know, cleared the fence.
1: We were just talking about that. Was it? Was, that it was a 70? A seventy? That was the 70. seventy. So like that was that. So sixty-one was the one he knocked sixty-one out the park. But seventy, this last one was the one that just got out of the park. It like almost went foul. Like it, it literally went like three hundred and like thirty feet or whatever. Yeah. It just yeah. cleared the fence. But I mean, you know what's crazy, Matt? I was just I was thinking about this when I was watching the documentary. How in the world did we do this without social media? Because like we we, I mean, it's crazy <laughs> when you think back on these kind of events like this, and you are like, man. What would this have been like if Facebook and Twitter and all this nonsense oh, was out here man, back then? It,
3: it would have broke the internet.
1: Yeah, it would have been crazy. Like <laughs> and air, Twitter, air, and
3: and then, <laughs> and then also the controversy after, you know, with all the PEDs. And I guess we all probably knew something was kind of weird, but like you said, we didn't care. I mean, it was entertaining. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, maybe this is controversial. Let it, Let them bring it back. I mean, I mean, these guys know what they're getting into. I, I know it's terrible to say it, maybe that, but
1: I'll bring it's back entertaining the,
3: uh, And I, I really. <laughs> I watch baseball there in the playoffs. You know, I'm a little bit tuned back into the Braves now. They got all this young talent; it's kind of exciting. But uh, really, I mean, baseball is like you know the fourth or fifth on my list as far as you know sports I really get excited about now.
1: Hey, Mark. Hey, Matt. We appreciate the call. Thank you for listening to the rundown. Um, he brings up a very interesting point that I was going to bring up to you, fine gentlemen, uh, because really, actually, besides '98, 2001, when Barry Bonds assaulted the home run record by himself. And, you know, was probably doing something, considering his head was three times the size it was in Pittsburgh by the time we got to 2001. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what would you be – well, I already know Haskell's answer because he's a pure baseball fan, and you just said you didn't want them in the Hall of Fame. So, clearly, you don't want them doing steroids right now. it's a weird conversation to have. Like, do we want baseball players to do steroids so we can enjoy something like the home run chase? Because without it – we're not going to get anywhere close to these, like, right? Like, Is there anybody playing right now that could hit 73 home runs in a season?
2: I don't think there is um, without PEDs. So, so you give know, it to if them. You, just <laughs> nice. if, you look at, if you look at the home run leaders now, you got uh, a guy, Christian Yelich, who played in Greensboro for the uh, Grasshoppers, and then now is with uh, Milwaukee, he's got 29. But uh, McGuire had 27 at the end of May in yeah. that season. <laughs> And Gosh. so then you look down the, the rest of the list of home run hitters um, like a, a Bellinger in, uh, f- who plays for the Dodgers. The home run model now is more guys who are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", kind of a lanky frame, not completely built up with muscles, but probably from a workout standpoint, stress more flexibility, bat speed, creating torque. Um, so I don't think that um, the, the swing has changed. I mean, from that documentary, you've got uh, McGuire's swing at that point was so short. He could mm-hmm. just muscle the ball out. He'd wait for his pitch and then, you know, short swing it, third deck. It's home almost like home like, he run. Was
1: for, like his forearms were like, yeah. like he was hitting it, like almost not like a golf swing because he'd reach down and go get the low like a slider too. But, yeah, you're right. He was just literally muscling balls like out of the, out of the uh, stadiums. Now, Sosa was a little different – But he got on a stretch, man. I was watching some of those highlights. He would just attack the ball like he would. He would swing down on it. He would like he he would swing like he was angry at it,
2: you know. And he was was hitting balls in that. In that season, some of them off his shoelaces, some of them with yeah. his eyeballs. He was all over the place, insane.
1: And he wasn't even in the chase. The first what May, it, what June? He had he had like twenty home runs in right. June. It was a big June for him, and that put him up there. And people kind of forget Ken Griffey Jr. was what it was supposed to be Ken Griffey Jr. versus Mark McGuire because going into the season the year before they finished one and two, right under sixty home runs. So that was kind of the hype coming into the season. Um, you ever think I don't even want to answer the I don't even want to ask the question. You ever think Ken Griffey Jr. did anything?
2: Oh, that's blasphemous.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you can't blame I, I don't know. Why I everybody mean, stared at me like well, well, I just, like, yeah. insulted yeah. their cousin or something. Like, I mean, I'm just I'm trying to put it together because, like, I want to say he didn't. He had, the, he had the best swing I've ever seen in my life, like the sweetest swing. And I loved him. But he had a lot of injuries towards the end. Yeah. And that makes me feel either one of two ways. Either he never did them and his body just broke down. Or he was doing them, and his body broke down because of it. Because McGuire, same way, started breaking down. Uh, Sammy Sosa started bleaching his skin, or I don't know what he ended up doing. Because he doesn't even look nowhere close to the way but he yeah, did he was in nineteen ninety-eight. Michael Jackson. Yeah, so he was doing something like so. He's still out there walking around, but out of those two, I don't know if McGuire actually has the numbers. Sosa actually has the numbers to be in the Hall of Fame. He's, he hit over six hundred home runs, didn't he? Yeah, like for his no, career.
2: well, I mean, I think from just from a home run total career standpoint, both of them would have. And then you've got, you know, McGuire won a World Series in there as well. So, um, you know, I think both of them have legit arguments. If, if, if we knew for a fact that they had been drug tested and there were no steroids, that they'd both be in the Hall of Fame today. But
1: they never – neither one of them ever failed a drug test, right? As far as I can remember. And now, Sammy, he was, my he, was, he was a league MVP, a seven-time All-Star, a six-time Silver Slugger. He hit 609 home runs. He had uh, 2,408 hits. And he batted at 273.
2: Yeah. I think we have to remember that back then, Major League Baseball was essentially testing for a very limited menu of drugs versus then you have this explosiveness of all these things that are now on the banned substance list. So when we use the term uh, performance-enhancing drugs, back then it was like a steroid test, essentially. Yeah. And so then you went into HGH, and then you went into Andro, and all these other types of drugs that help. So
1: that kind of brings up another uh, thing too, because like you know they say like Babe Ruth used to take uppers and you know right. and eat like eight hot dogs in between double headers and stuff, and then go out there and you know hit drink a couple beer. dingers, drink beer. I mean,
2: he should get extra credit for the hot dog. Part, <laughs> he should. That's actually it hurts you. If you're <laughs> and drunk and you're eating hot dogs, that, that should allow and you can you knock to, out yeah. sixty dingers. <laughs> you get extra credit, Aaron. <laughs>
4: uh, well, there are also instances where. Where Sammy broke his bat, and it was like uh, he had the corked bat going on. Oh, that's right! I forgot about that. You remember that? He had yeah. like a cork. Was that the same season?
1: Because he had a three year stretch where he hit sixty home runs. I don't think for three so. Years he would have been suspended. From yeah. That. So I think it, I don't think it was the '98 season, but I do remember that. And
2: McGuire had another season right after that, maybe '99, where he hit like sixty. Yeah, most McGuire like hit sixty five and '99, and then Sosa hit. Uh, had actually three seasons above sixty, hit sixty-three home runs in ninety-nine, and then sixty-four home runs in 01. So I believe he's the only person. Yeah, he's the My only person gosh. who did sixty home runs three times.
1: That's never going to happen again, is it? Unless no, they allow no. them to start, you know, taking the cream. And yeah, you <laughs> had to bring back performance enhancement drugs. Period. But that, how do you even have that conversation? Like. I what do we need to I do to make Trump baseball can bring, exciting? Can
2: bring back performance enhancing just drugs. Just a simple tweet. <laughs> get yeah, that one, tweet out there. One tweet and it's a, yeah, that's right. We're you back know what in Major business. League Baseball is missing?
1: Drugs. Yeah. Let's get drugs sure. back into the game and go from there. No, I'm just I, I was well, as I watched it, I was I remembered why I was fascinated with it, and I remembered that I was taking the time out of my life. In '98, I was 20, 21 that mm-hmm. summer, and like making a point to go home to watch a Chicago Cubs game on WGN because Sammy Sosa hit like three home runs the day before, and you didn't want to miss anything because he was one behind McGuire. And it's like June. And like normally I'm not that big of a baseball guy, but that year and then the Bonds year in 2001 were probably the last two years where I was watching games specifically in the regular season. And for the most part, they didn't disappoint, especially McGuire, man. McGuire just kept hitting stuff as the pressure built through the season. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like he ever got in a slump. He
0: just was just knocking stuff out of the park. It was crazy. You know, I got to be honest with you. I'm kind of on the fence about whether or not to put these guys in the Hall of Fame for using the, you know, the PEDs. Really? I am on the fence. I mean, because again, it was not illegal or, you know, during that time for you to do that. So it's like you're being punished for doing something that nobody said you couldn't do during that time. Right. I mean, they weren't weren't illegal at the time. Right. So you know, to me, it's kind of like if I play football. And in the nineties, we could crack back and hit you helmet to helmet. Are you going to come back and find me? Because it was, you know, not illegal to do it back in the nineties where it's illegal to do it now. So when guys do it, they get fined. I mean, so you go back and find those guys who did it. No, of course not. I mean, that's why I'm on the fence. You know, I, I don't understand because regardless, you can take these PEDs, but you still have to work out. You still have to have that hand eye coordination you still have to be able to place that ball where it needs to be placed and knock it out of the park. It doesn't just automatically make you a, a, a legendary home run here. Like, I can't take
1: Andrew and then go out here and sit and hit 65 home runs exactly. in a major league baseball game. Exactly. So, I mean, um, let's go to Brian in Greensboro uh, checking in with us here on the rundown. Brian, what's up, man? You wanted to talk about Sosa and that corked bat?
3: Yeah. Um, from how I remember, I'm pretty sure that was when he was in Baltimore and he was already on his downswing of – success and I think it was just like an awkward reminder that he wasn't that he wasn't clean that he was cheating a little bit because the time that it came in his career
1: you know I'm trying to I'm looking it up now to see exactly when it happened because we we were trying to figure this out uh it looks like he was in 2003 uh he was ejected from the game and you know what's crazy it's like the Cubs act like Sammy Sosa never existed you know, like they don't really it doesn't feel like they really honor him in any way. Although he he brought so much money to that that franchise. And thank you for the call, Brian. Um, he brought so much money to that franchise. Well, it was June 4th, 2003. It uh, looks like he was still. Yeah,
0: they were playing Tampa. He was still in Chicago. Yeah, so, he got yeah. ejected. He got he ejected the
1: Chicago Cubs. Corking his shattered bat, which is illegal. Now, you don't just pick up a bat that's got cork in it unless you know it's got cork in it. Right.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, he could have picked up someone else's bat.
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. But it's very about, possible. Well, when you think about baseball purist <laughs> standpoint too, you can go all the way back to the George Brett pine tar incident to see how how baseball, you know, truest have kind of uh, evolved over time. I mean, that was a big incident to even think about the fact that he had over pine tar his bat. He you would pine tar yeah, his bat? Yeah. I mean, bat. that's what a what an advantage that gives him,
4: Aaron. I think we just missing a big point here where we got to admit baseball players cheat a lot. Um and then there's <laughs> they, they cheat a lot and then that's um, true there's always something there's, to get ahead yeah, right there's always something and then too uh, the big picture being it was good for baseball all in all I mean yes. like yeah. you just said where it was another time we were watching baseball the way we were when Barry Bonds was doing this thing um, with the big head and all and then with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire we I can't remember a time even I was watching it then so in a whole if it's good for baseball. Go for it, man. B- Before that,
1: then like the 91 Braves or those Braves teams in the early 90s where I was watching them play right. with like uh, 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 the pitchers and you know the crime dog and all that stuff, that's the last time I can remember having it there. I'll- all
0: right. So when I was in Kentucky last year, I went to a baseball bat manufacturing company where they make the Louisville Slugger. Mm-hmm. And while I was touring the company, they were naming all of these players who they made bats for. And I say that because if Sosa had his bat made for him, so wouldn't the company making his bat be in on corking it? Because they would they would make they would have to make it to your specifications. Mm-hmm. I mean to me, how do you get cork inside of a bat without I mean yeah, if this bat they've still be smooth?
2: I
1: think you can't you like screw it in, like like open it up you and can, put, you fill can it sh- with cork. Yeah, or? you can shave
0: it. Well that and they usually out. use them for batting practice.
4: So they're oh, the around. Yeah. Oh, they're around.
1: Okay. We yeah. All right. I think that was a story, too. Didn't he say he grabbed the wrong bat or something like that when he was walking out there? I, I can't remember. We I mean, I'm break sure though. he we'll grabbed the wrong bat. <laughs> oh, I'm positive. Yeah, of course yeah. he did. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, Bowman Gray news. I'm looking out the window, our normal Saturday weather check for our Bowman Gray uh, faithful out there. I believe you have sunny skies. I hope so, because I'm heading to a cookout as soon as the show is over today. Uh, we'll take a quick look at the leaderboard heading to the races for tonight. Plus, Voice of the Dash, Joe Wile check in with us on Get to Know Joe. And our new segment, Rundown Hot Takes. Each of us will give one hot take on what we think will happen in the world of sports next on the Rundown.